Listener discretion is advised. The following episode may trigger some people due to the mention of sexual assault, gruesome details, and violence. If If you you are are sensitive sensitive to any of these topics, please please skip skip this episode. Hey, boozers. Hello. I'm Gabe. And I'm Alexis. And we are back for our fucked up Fridays, is what I plan on calling mine, because it seems like every case that we have is completely fucked up. You know, you say that like you're not the one who picks the cases. I know. I know. But it's not like fucked up like the case itself is like fucked up. But I mean, with like Brianna's case, it was fucked up because it was fucked up by police. So. Oh, so that's that's what we're going off of. Yes. Is like people fucking up. Just it. People, the cases doesn't matter. It's all fucked up. So. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that why don't we <laughs> now i'm going to tell you right now do not listen to this at night because you're about to have nightmares um um excuse me ma'am it is nighttime and this, you're telling me this i'm sorry this case will literally keep you up at night i i can promise you you will think about this case forever um i i try to find cases that people haven't heard of and I as weird as this sounds I love finding new cases and bringing light to them um especially here in America I don't think that's weird at all um no no okay (laughs) I think that's like like you want to be able to put these like stories out in the open yeah I just feel weird saying that I love finding different cases i think it's just weird that like if anybody ever like went missing or ended up killed like we'd both be very prime suspects just because of like our search history history on all of our computers i'm telling you the fbi probably has like a little red flag over my name just just they're listening right now they listen to our episodes just in case you know (laughs) yes um so again i try to find cases that nobody has um listened to or heard of and obviously I do throw in ones that you might know but you still you know end up learning things at least you know I hope um so I know we did have the trigger warning in the beginning of this but if you are around little ones or if you are a little one because I know that my little sister-in-law likes to listen in to us yeah we actually have a couple like small like i know uh jess lets emily sometimes oh does she Mm -hmm. but she said that she skips like a lot of the the bad (laughs) episodes probably (laughs) but this case is not for them i 100 percent promise you this is not for your little ears Um, this isn't for me either but i'm forced to sit through this yes so this one deals with the sexual assault mutilation and death and we are going to travel back to Japan we because were just we there for our, were just for our there. Freaky Friday. Yes. Now I'm gonna tell you right now, a hundred percent. I am not like white bread. I'm toasted bread, <laughs> but I still cannot pronounce these names. Okay. So we should put a warning. You know how we have a trigger warning for that. We should put a warning in front of all of our episodes, <laughs> just in case like no one knows who we are. White bread. <laughs> we're like, by the way, we're dumb Americans. We can't pronounce anything. Yeah. So if you guys are listening over here in like Japan, don't come for me, okay? <laughs> don't come for me. So this is the case of Junko Furata 
So grab a drink and And let's let's get get cracking. Okay, so Junko was born in Mitsuto. Um, I don't, I honestly don't even know how to, it's like Saitama Prefecture. Sounds good to me. It's somewhere in Japan. Okay, that's all I know. And on January, so she was born on January 18th of 1971 she lived with both her parents and her brothers she had one younger brother and one older brother now during her high school career she worked at a factory that made plastic moldings for like their during their like after school hours so it's kind of like having a part-time job except it's not mcdonald's it's like an actual hard-working job um she had been doing this since October of 1988, so she could save up money to take a graduation trip. She had also recently accepted a job at an electronics retailer that she planned on working at after high school. Now, at school, it is said that she was a very well-liked person by her classmates. She had high grades and very few absences. Now, on November 25th of 1988, Mayano and Minato wandered around um, Misato with the intentions of robbing and raping a local woman. At around 8.30 p.m., they spotted Junko riding her bike home after she had finished a shift at work. Now, under Mayano's orders, um, Minato kicked her off of her bike, and then Mayano would witness the attack and would ask her if she would like for him to walk her home (gasps) safely. That is diabolical. It's fucking dirty. Like, they thought this through. Like, this wasn't some, like, run-of-the-mill No, I mean, they, they fucking went there to... Yeah. Rob and rape someone. So they they had this planned. Right. They like, just they didn't know they who. Idiots. Like yeah. that's crazy. Like and being like, like literally being put in that situation, like riding your bike home, and then some asshole like knocks you off and probably laughed and ran off. Yeah. And then some kind gentleman was like, "Hey, you know, you're a little shaken up. Can I walk you home?" You're gonna say yes. Oh, see, I would say no because I have fucking trust issues and <laughs> I don't trust nobody. So I probably would have been like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah, but how old is she? She was pretty young, right? Yeah, she was um like about seventeen. So at that age, you know, you're seventeen, you're pretty 18. naive, you know, yeah. as a teenage girl. Yeah, I probably still would have said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, so she did accept it. And um, 
she was completely unaware of what was going to happen to her, obviously. Um, He ended up leading her to a nearby warehouse where he revealed his Yakuza connections, which when I looked it up, basically it is members of transnational national transnational organized crime um syndicate originating in japan so it's a gang it's a gang yeah there's a lot of big words for a gang <laughs> i know i know they're like trying to be high class i know they're like we're not a gang we're transnational like, holy shit um and this is where it starts to get brutal so just remember that trigger warning um On this, he ended up raping her in a warehouse and then took her to a nearby hotel where he would threaten uh, that he would kill her. From the hotel, Mayano called Minato and a few of his other friends. Now, I'm going to botch these names. It's like Joe Oruga and Yashi Wantanabe um, and bragged to them about raping her. Wow, what a high-class gentleman. Yeah. And I guess the saying is true on how you attract people in your life that are just as same as you. Mm-hmm. Because Aragu and then, um, then asked if Mayano could keep her in captivity in order to allow him and other people to come sexually assault her. They invited over a hundred men from the gang to repeatedly rape her and all of them like were i mean i guess it's it i guess if you're in a gang you know you're not a fucking saint yeah that's that's insane like not out of over a hundred men not a single one was like yeah this probably isn't the right thing to do oh because they're in a gang that's like gang mentality you ever heard of like gang mentality like people are more likely to do fucked up shit if other people are doing fucked up shit Oh, yeah. It's like a psychology thing. I don't know. Don't come for me. I'm a college student. I know every college student who's ever taken a psychology class brings something <laughs> up like that. But So now it is about 3 a.m. And Mayano took Junko to a nearby park where both um, Minato and Ruga and Watanabe were waiting for her when they had arrived. Uh, they learned where her home address was um, because she had a notebook that was in her backpack and they used that against her by saying that the um, Yakuza members would kill her entire family if she attempted to escape. Yeah, see, I never wrote my address down on anything. Oh, no, me either. Like, there's always that, like, spot. It's like, please return to. I'm like, nah, if I lost it, obviously it didn't mean that much to me. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, you know what? I, um... Was it two years ago? I thought I was being like a good Pinterest mom and I put Quincy's name on her backpack and then it came out or I seen like an article that says don't put your kids' name on there because then it invites people who abduct children that they know their name. Right. So then the kid feels safe. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. I got to try to get this off now. <laughs> um. So... These boys were able to overpower her and took her to the house, which ended up being Minato's parents' house and soon became their, like, regular gang hangout spot. So his parents were also shitty? Uh, Well, hold on. 
so um so there was in it was in a base district of Adachi where they then took turns again raping her. It was on November 27th when her parents contacted the police about her distant appearance. Um now I'm not saying what they did was right, but I'm telling you just like you said in the beginning, these boys they weren't fucking fools. They knew what they were doing and they planned it out perfectly because in order to keep their uh, tracks covered and to ensure that there were no police involvement or investigation, they forced Junko to call her mother and say that she had ran away and she was safe and staying with some friends. See, I would have like... This is when you have to, like, kind of come up with, like, a safe word with your kids. Oh, yes. You know, like, and it, it's got to be something that's, like, real chill and something you could just slide in, like. Something that's, like, really common. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like, oh, I have to take a ride on a pineapple moon slide or something. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, it's got to be like, I, it's got to be like, hey, you know. I might go live in the park or something like that, you know, something that's like, yes, like a normal thing for like, especially if you're a runaway or something like that, like you got to have something like me as a parent. This is why I don't have kids because I'd be so fucking like superstitious of everybody. But I definitely have like a safe word or like a safe phrase. Mine's pineapple. I'm just kidding. You ever seen that, that video? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mr. Booty man. <laughs> fucking don't tase me. Video. That hurts. <laughs> No, don't do that to my change. It took me, oh, what do you say, months to acquire that. Ugh. Some of those are collectibles. We're not trying to be like total dicks here about this I have, case. I have to break this up. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, I have to. So that was like your little your little fun break there. Yeah, commercial break. Now yeah. back on. <laughs> so now you're probably wondering, just as much as I was, where in the motherfuck is Minato's parents? And were they ever present because it was their home? Right. So to answer that, it's yes, they were there, but they forced Junko to act like Minato's girlfriend. And oh my God, how oblivious are you as parents? You you can't listen. I don't know. Maybe she's just like an Oscar winning actress or something. But like if I had just been mutilated and humiliated by over a hundred men and then taken to this house and told to act normal i wouldn't be able to do it well um obviously she was scared because she didn't want the gang members to kill her family as well however it wasn't long until they dropped the whole she's my girlfriend bullshit and it came abundantly clear that his parents were not going to report them to the police, which, again, I feel like is fucking crazy. But according to Minato's statement when he was being interviewed, um, they didn't intervene because they were aware of Mayano's gang affiliation oh my God. and so- feared retaliation from them from them and their son because so they were cowards apparently their son had been um abusive towards them within the past like months i'm sorry but another reason why i don't have kids because if they ever tried to pull that shit with me i don't care how big you are or how old and how tough you think you are 
sir, one swift kick in the knees, you're okay. my bitch again. Like chop his karate <laughs> artery. That's not karate <laughs> artery. <laughs> um, so here we go. They held Junko for 44 days, where she endured being raped, beaten, tortured multiple times a day. According to their statements, the four shaved their pubic hair, forced her to dance to music while naked, and masturbate in front of them. Um, and they left her on the balcony in the middle of the night with little clothing. They would insert objects into her vagina and her anus, um, including a lit match, a metal rod, a bottle, and forced force-fed her large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water. She was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinners. Junko was brave and one day decided after a day of beating and drinking, she took a chance and tried to escape. She picked up the phone and tried to call the police, but she was caught and was punished. She was burnt with cigarette butts and then covered in lighter fluid across her arms and legs and then set on fire. By December, uh, Junko was severely malnourished. Wait, she survived that? She did. Yeah, they um, they put her out just before she died. Could have died. Yes. Oh, my God. The only thing that's keeping me together right now is the fact that we know who did it. So eventually, like, there was some justice served. Mm. Don't mm, me. Mm. You let me keep my hopes up, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're going to be so sad. I'm already sad. I'm sorry. It's going to get worse. So by the end of December, uh, Junko was severely malnourished um, after being fed only small amounts of food, and eventually they only gave her milk. Um, as if it weren't enough, they clipped off her left nipple with a pair of pliers, and it was ripped off. Oh, my God. She suffered severe damage to her vagina, causing her to bleed heavily, and she was no longer able to urinate properly. Due to her other severe injuries and infected burns, she became confined to the floor of Minato's room in a state of extreme exhaustion. On her 40th day in captivity, she had finally given up and told the boys to, quote, just murder her already. Junko was so badly beaten that you couldn't even make out the features on her face due to it being so swollen. Oh, my God. Um, and at one point, while beating her, her nose was bleeding so badly that she could only breathe out of her mouth. Her body was so crippled and malnourished that she gave off a rotting odor, which made the boys not sexually attracted to her. Oh, so they, bummer. they needed to find a new way to get off. And that is when they kidnapped a 19-year-old girl, the same way that they did Junko, um, and raped her. And on January 4th, now they did let her go. They let that one go. They weren't done with Junko, which I think is kind of weird because the whole reason they took her was for sexual satisf 
like satisfaction yeah and if they weren't you know sexually attracted to her anymore because she was basically a living corpse right what else did they like this sounds horrible but like what else did they need from her yeah i don't i don't know because it doesn't say it doesn't even tell me like why they let this one go it's it was weird when i was reading all of this stuff um but on the 4th of january in 1989 after losing a game of mahajong uh so it's similar to the western card game rummy it's a game of skill and strategy and luck um so it was miyano who lost against another person the night before and he was pretty fucking pissed about this so he decided to vent his anger towards junko and in the anger he poured lighter fluid on her thighs her arms her face and her stomach and sent set her on fire once again now junko did allegedly make attempts to put the fire out but just gradually became unresponsive they continued to punch, um, to like punch her, ignited a candle, and then would drip hot wax on her face. And they placed two short candles on her eyelids and then forced her to drink her own urine if she asked for any water. She's still alive? Yes. And oh my, the will of this woman. This girl? Yeah. Oh, my God. And she, I guess when they did feed her, like, or give her any of the urine, she would immediately, like, throw up. Well, yeah. And they forced her to eat cockroaches. They would drop dumbbells on her, which ended up damaging her internal organs. And she was kicked and she fell into a stereo unit and collapsed into a fit of convulsion. So that's like seizures. Yeah, she was having a seizure. She was having seizures. Um, she was bleeding so profusely and there was pus emerging from her infected burns. The boys decided, I just don't want to look at that, but I want to keep her around. So they covered her in her. They covered their hands in plastic bags and they continued to beat her oh my god they would drop an iron exercise ball onto her stomach as well as hanging her up and using her as a punching bag this is every time you say something i'm like okay it can't get worse than this and then you just continue to like say things i know it's like that tiktok that's enough slices that's, that's, that's enough, enough. That's, that's enough slices that's enough please. slices thanks so that re that attack reportedly lasted two hours um and junko did eventually uh succumbed to her wounds and died now it doesn't get any better not even 24 hours later, I don't know if the guilt set in or they're like, well, I want to do this again, so we got to get rid of this. But not even 24 hours later, they ended up putting her in a 50-gallon drum and covered her body in concrete. Hmm. They would then, at around 8 p.m., 
um, they would dispose of her body in a cement truck in Koto, Tokyo. Now, this is where we're getting into them actually, like, it's actually funny because they were confused as to what was going on. So on January 23rd of 1989, Mayano and Aroga uh, were arrested for the gang rape of the 19-year-old girl whom they had kidnapped in December. And on March 29th, two police officers came to interrogate them as women's underwear had been found at their address. That's two months later. Yeah. Now, during the interrogation, Mayano believed that one of the officers was aware of his culpability in Junko's murder. They had no idea she was even dead. Oh, my God. So they were fucking stupid and didn't know which crime they were getting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thinking that the, um, or, or, oh, my God, we're going to say Joe. We're going to just say Joe. Um, he had confessed. So thinking that his friend ratted him out against the crimes, um, of Junko, Mayano told the police where to find her body. Oh my God. He literally told on himself. What? Okay. You remember how I said that he like, wasn't stupid? He's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid like, as fuck. Like, I'm glad because obviously either like. His, her parents obviously believed that she was a runaway or whatever, so, like, they weren't going to get cops involved. But, like, how dumb are you? I mean, yeah, but I'm also, like, confused, too, because do they not, like, do the same thing in, like, Japan and stuff? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they would have interrogated him and, like, said the victim's name and... Maybe they were trying to protect her. Oh, Maybe. So they didn't, like, release a name. They just knew, like, they were like, you know, we're being told that you raped this girl. And, like, obviously, he did multiple times. He just, right. they just left out the which one? The murder part and which yeah. one. Which one it was. Um. So the police were initially puzzled by the confession as they had been referring to the murder of a different woman and her seven-year-old son that had occurred nine days prior um, to uh, Junko's abduction, and at which this case actually still remains unsolved, the woman who was murdered with her seven-year-old son. Hmm. Um, so the police did find the drum containing Junko's body the following day. She was identified via fingerprints. Months later, on April 1st, um, Joe was arrested for a separate sexual assault and subsequently rearrested for Junko's murder. Then they did arrest uh, Watanabe and then um, Minato and then Minato's brother followed after that. And several of their other accomplices who participated in uh, Junko's abuse were officially identified, including, like, um, Tetsuo uh, Nakamura and Kochi Ihara. And they were charged with rape after their DNA was found 
inside of the victim's body. Now, shout out to this freaking journalist who, at the time of the prosecution, the boys were all minors. So, if you know what that means, they cannot publish their identities because they are minors. They can't put them out and blast them all over the newspaper and the news. And- Which I think is wrong, by the way, because if you can charge a minor as an adult, yes. you should be able to put their crimes. Oh, absolutely. Like, if it's, like, robbery or something, like, stupid like that, then, yeah, I get it. But torturing and raping and murdering a woman for 44 days? Yeah. that I would have been like, I don't give a fuck if I lose my job. These people deserve to be on blast and treated like shit. Well, that's what this journalist did. Um, He discovered their identities and published them and stated that given the severity of the crimes, the accused did not deserve to have their right to anonymity upheld. Good for him. I I feel like that doesn't happen over here. Not all heroes wear capes, you know? Like, I feel like, unfortunately, that doesn't happen enough over here. Like, our government even though they say that they don't have a lot more control over our journalism and our news and stuff like that. And I feel like those people should keep be able to keep their jobs, honestly, if they do stuff like that. Because like, like you said, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. And these boys probably would have been treated like normal up until they were, you know, put away. And that's not right. Yeah. They should be treated like the monsters that they are. Oh, absolutely. Now, What I found really upsetting is all four boys didn't plead guilty to murder. No. Instead, they pled guilty to a lesser charge. Mm. They pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death. Isn't that... That's like like saying manslaughter. (laughs) That's basically what they were pleading guilty to is manslaughter. I, I feel like it's like oh, we were out riding a bike and I like pushed her too hard and she died. Or we were like jumping off of a cliff and I pushed her and she died. Like, I feel like it's something that's not what they did at all. Right. Or like, it's not like they were driving and they accidentally swerved or whatever and killed someone. Yeah. Like they literally tortured this woman for 44 fucking days. And she just happened to die from it. That's what they, that's literally what they said. They were like, we, yeah, we did all this stuff. We set her on fire a couple times. You know, we were dropping stuff on her and she just, you know, she died, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, what do you expect to happen? Now, one thing that I didn't find was her autopsy report because, I mean, I cannot assume that things would be okay. I mean, she was in concrete. I mean, she'd still deteriorate in concrete. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe they don't release stuff like that. But, I mean, that's why I'm trying to figure... Like, they didn't release anything like that. So, I'm trying to figure out how they came about getting this charge. You know what I mean? Really good lawyers. If all of the evidence... And that's why I'm saying I wasn't able to look at the autopsy report or read about it. Mm -hmm. If all of the evidence showed everything that they did then why would their charge be this the only thing i can think of is they weren't able to find the cause of death due to her being submerged in 
concrete. Maybe, or because there were so many factors, they couldn't pinpoint which one killed her. Yeah, that could be true. I mean, it could be a bunch of things. I know they probably didn't release it because, you know, Japanese culture is very, like, stigmatized and, like, strange when it comes to death. And they're very private about it. So maybe that's just one of those things that, like, isn't public knowledge. Maybe. But, yeah, maybe, I don't know, or maybe they had a fucking damn good lawyer who got them a plea deal or something. Maybe. I don't know. So, again, it wasn't until July of 1990 that a lower court sentence for, um, so his name, his first name is Hiroshi Mayano, um, the one who was the alleged leader of the crime, um, he was sentenced to 17 years in prison. And he appealed the sentencing, um, but the Tokyo High Court judge sentenced him to an additional three years in prison, which make which would make his total uh, 20 years. So if he's a minor and he gets 20 years, he literally gets out when he's, what, 40, not even 40? Yeah. So, and apparently... This was the second longest sentence ever given in Japan before life imprisonment. Twenty they just don't years. Don't put people away there, do Bruh. they? No, this motherfucker should have been put away for life. This motherfucker should have he had should his have life taken death. away. Yes, he should have. Fucking... Do they have the death sentence over there? Mm, I don't think so. I think they might have. A lot of people didn't have the death sentence. I mean, they got rid of it pretty quick. Yeah. So now I fucking that kind of like irritated me so much because if you were to do this crime here in America, you would never see the light of day ever again. Ever. Honestly, you probably would never see light again. They would probably put you in... um, Confined, Sol- yeah. solitary confinement, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, or get the death penalty, like we were saying. Yeah, I wish, I wish. So yeah, he was only eighteen at the time. Um, now I did read that his mother reportedly paid fifty million, uh, whatever they have in Japan, but a- apparently in U.S. dollars, it's um. Four hundred and twenty-five thousand in compensation, in uh, ordered by the civil court after selling their family homes, and this motherfucker walks out um, in January of like two thousand thirteen ish or something like that. He was denied parole in two thousand and four, um, but somewhere in between that time, January thirteen. In 2013, he was re-arrested for fraud, but due to insufficient amount of evidence, he was released without a charge. So he's still out there. He's just wandering around Mm -hmm. doing shitty things. Living his motherfucking life while Junko is gone in heaven and her family is probably still mourning. I just And the fact that they literally were like... To his parents, they're like, yeah, like, you guys should have done something. You're going to pay a fine. Yeah. Really? Like, honestly, his parents should have been also arrested basically for, like, conspiracy. Yeah, I I would think so. 
So Minato, who originally received only four to six years, was um, resentenced to five to nine years. Wow. Upon the repeal, um, because he was only 16 at the time. Who gives a fuck? And his parents and his brother were not charged. Junko's parents were pretty pissed off at the sentencing. <laughs> I would be too. Um, that they had received by their daughter's killers or that their daughter. And they ended up winning a civil suit against the parents in which the home that they used to commit the crimes. Now, after he is released, he ended up moving back with his mommy dearest. Mm-hmm. But in 2018, he was arrested again for attempted murder after beating a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashing his throat with a knife. I'm literally speechless. You, it blows my mind that they were, that anybody ever thought that it was okay to put these people back on the streets. I know. They literally sat down japan what you doing man and we're like you know what i feel like you've become a new person let's put you back out but like even like the beginning they only were gonna give him freaking four to six years four to six and, and they he were like did all the same crime they're like hold on let me jack it up a little bit five to nine that's nothing that is literally like that's like that's the shit you do here for like having weed in your car yeah no seriously yeah i know i know (laughs) like oh i just i can't but let's so uh yasushi the wantanabe um who was originally only gonna get three to four years received an upgraded sentence to five to seven now he was 17 at the time of the murder but for his role he served eight years in juvenile prison before he was released in 2004 he then took a different last last name when he was adopted by one of his supporters there was someone supporting I'm him. processing. You know, I'm just I can't, processing. I can't. I can't even say anything about that because there were freaking women who were trying to get Ted Bundy out of jail. I mean, there's still, there's women like Chris Watts. Oh, everyone who fucking thinks that Chris Watts is fucking handsome and you're like, oh my God, fuck all of you. You know what? You can still be good looking and fucking murder people, okay? Yeah. We've had plenty of serial killers who were good looking. It doesn't make you a good person. Yeah. Fuck you and your daddy issues, okay? <laughs> Ugh. I, I hate those people. So, um, apparently, he had boasted about his role in the kidnapping and rape and torture of Junko. So even after he was released, he was like, hell yeah, I was a part of that. Like, I, I hope, I just hope that maybe the sentences are so short because once you're a known felon in like Japan, you can't do anything. Like you can't get a job. You can't like get good credit. I'd like, I don't know. I just hope that there's other repercussions that these people are going through that makes their life like hell i hope they don't i hope they don't have easy lives yeah i i would hope so too but as we know the pattern continues 
And he was arrested in July of 2004. That's three for three. Yeah. Three he- of these motherfuckers who were arrested, released, and then re-arrested? Yes. This one was like not even months after he was released. Um, he was arrested for assaulting an acquaintance of his that he thought may have been involved romantically with his girlfriend. Not only... Did he assault this man? He beat him allegedly for four hours where he repeatedly threatened that he was going to kill him. He said that he had killed someone once and he knew how to get away with it. Yeah, he does. I mean, he literally got away with it. (laughs) I mean, he did for the sentencing part, but you like didn't because you got caught. Yeah, but still, I'd be like, yeah, they put me away for like four years. I know. I know. Like, I, I, obviously, that just, like, trains people to think. I literally did something horrible for fucking 44 days. I tortured, beat, raped, and then murdered someone. And they slapped me on the wrist. To the point where she was unrecognizable. And her internal organs were completely damaged. And she couldn't even use the bathroom properly. Yeah. And they literally just slap them on the wrist. That literally shows them that it's okay to do this. And that's why every single one of them so far has re-offended. Because they know that they're just going to get a fucking slap on the wrist. Yeah. I'm heated. I I told you. I told you you would be. (laughs) This is your fault. (laughs) So Junko's funeral was held on April 2nd of 1989. And one of her friends' memorial, um, er, at her memorial, one of her friends addressed the the group and said, Junchan, welcome back. I have never imagined that we would see you again in this way. You must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. The happy we all made for you um, for the school festival looked really good on you. Um, we will never forget you. I have heard that the principal has presented you with a graduation certificate so we Aww. can graduate together, all of us. Oh, my God. Junchan, there is no more pain, no more, no more suffering. Rest in peace. That principal, not all heroes wear capes, man. Oh, just wait. It gets better now. At least I'm leaving you off with, like, good notes, okay? Um, so Junko's intended future employer, the one at the electronic store that she planned on working at after school, presented her parents with a uniform that she would have worn in the position so that she had accepted. The uniform was placed in her casket at graduation. So it, they put it. Oh, my God. In her I'm going to cry. Now, at graduation, uh, Junko's school principal presented her high school diploma which was given to her parents um then just like makes me want to cry it's so like like it's like happy and like so sad at the same time my emotions are just like whirling around inside me yes um the location where Junko's body was discovered has been developed since then so it's now Wasuk Park and at the time, people were concerned about the um, U.S.-influenced epidemic of violent crime and what they called the American disease. 
Wow. I mean, at least we put our people away for life, but (laughs) (laughs) throwing that out there. Um, Now, I thought this was kind of cool. There have been at least three books written about the crime, and there was also a film, which I cannot pronounce because it's a lot of words. I wouldn't want to watch it anyways. Um, Yeah, so it was, uh, it came out in 1995 is what it says. So there's like three books and a movie on I'm not going to read any of them. I'm not going to watch it. Like, this is enough for me. I know. It was. Thank you. I told you, man. Thank you. This This one was rough. This one really hurt trying to, like, read all of this stuff. And there were there was a little bit more detail of like some of the things that they did to her. And I, I couldn't I was not putting it in here. I gave you like the bare minimum. Yes. I appreciate that. Of what they I'm did. pretty sure and everybody even that, appreciates that. Even that was like that terrible. Was a lot. I Can had... you imagine forty four days? No. Like that's a long fucking time no the freaking part where they said that they ripped off her nipple with pliers had me gripping my own boobs because i just like felt yeah, that you pain just, like you cringe you yes. know like when you're watching a video yes. and like someone gets hurt and you just like ooh, your yeah. body just clenches yeah yeah i like I felt like oh I, I couldn't even imagine and i don't even know how she held on held yeah. on for them 44 days will like she probably would have done some shit in her life oh if she would have survived with her will and even if mm. this never happened to her like the strength of her yes she would have been like i don't know like some fucking president or something like <laughs> president she'd come over here and be president because i know they don't have presidents <laughs> over there but, yeah. but like she she unfortunately like she would have changed the world mm-hmm. real power man she'd been a fucking hurricane to mess with yeah yeah so that was my case i do apologize for making you so sad on a friday that means i just have to be light and fluffy on wednesday yeah i'll find something don't worry i find something <laughs> make sure it's something good because i'll make lots of jokes Okay. I got a lot of childhood trauma that I could fucking dig up. Yeah, we were just told we were really funny and so like our egos went like through the roof. Like I knew I was funny, you know, because I have childhood trauma. So I know that I'm funny. But like someone was like, you're fucking hilarious. And I was like, oh my God, someone else knows this. I say it all the time that I'm fucking funny. I mean, together we're pretty funny. Yeah, we're fucking hilarious. We, we're really good at bouncing off of each other. Yes. And I think that just like draws people in. And that's what literally the whole reason we started the podcast. And I was like, listen, mm-hmm. I think we're really funny and we tell good stories. So why don't we just have other people listen? Yeah. And we don't give a fuck what people think. Other you know? than the fact if they compliment us, we do care. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Yeah. We take that and it just goes straight to my head. <laughs> just straight there. <laughs> so we will talk to you guys next Wednesday. I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.